Welcome to E-Commerce Made Simple, a podcast created by Adjust Media. Each week, we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs like you to share their stories and backgrounds on how they've achieved success in their e-commerce business and the lessons that they've learned that will make your e-commerce journey as simple as possible. I'm your host, Uri Weinberger. In this episode, you'll learn about the pros and cons of small batch manufacturing, how you can launch and grow your business through a content-first strategy, and what current Facebook ad strategies Tacticalories implemented to boost their ROAS from a 3x to an 8x. Joining us today is Casey Bard, owner and CEO of Tacticalories Seasoning Company. Based out of Webster, New York, Tacticalories produces small batch craft seasoning and sauces that put all mainstream grocery store spices and sauces to shame. Casey, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Yuri. Pumped to be here, man. Oh, that's that's awesome. Thank you for joining us on episode two. Um, so I'm not sure if you listened to episode one, but uh, the listeners of e-commerce made simple are are mainly e-commerce entrepreneurs, and everyone has their own unique journey, mm-hmm. unique background to where they are today. Um, if you if you may, can you please share with us what your background was, why you started, how long ago it was, uh, and how you've changed from where you started originally a few years back to where you are today? Okay, so we have about like eight to ten hours to cover this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If no. you if you want to make this the longest podcast in history, then by all I'm means, I'm down. That I'm your man. No, <laughs> so hey, it's awesome, man. I think it's I think it's great. I, I um you know I'm a consumer of podcasts. I did not listen to episode one yet, however. It's on the docket. Um, yesterday and you know this this week's been been a, a crazy whirlwind. Um, so I've been listening to '70s pop music and it's uh, keeping me rolling through it. Um, Dude, that's way before my time. Uh, me too, man. I'm only uh, I'm 33, and uh, no, I just it's something. It's funny. I, I I'm such a chameleon with my my interests of music and stuff that it's you know yesterday Tupac, today the Eagles. So. Um, yeah. So, you know, talking about entrepreneurship, man, it's something that uh, I have a really unique story, um, but I'm finding, well, I don't know if it's unique or not, but it's it's unique to me. And it's something that I'd like to just really dive in on and, and give people a little insight that there's possibilities. And um, so a little bit about me, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, um, kind of, you know, white trash, redneck capital of, of the Northeast, um, you know, came up from, um, we had some things, but, but, you know, we had what we needed, I guess you could say, um, you know, and, and without realizing an entrepreneurship was always around me. My dad was a, um, has always been a self-employed contractor. Um, my aunt and uncle that I was very close to, I mean, they, they were, you know, they babysat me while my parents were working. Um, at, at around 10 years old, I started helping out with their, privately owned business. And again, when I, when we talk about e-commerce, there was no E before it, right? There was commerce and there was either you owned it or you work for somebody else. And at the time their, their business that they started was small engine repair. So it was, um, you know, lawnmowers, tractors, leaf blowers, things like that. And then occasionally an, you know, an ATV or a motorcycle would come through. Those were the fun things. Those were the, those were like what I remember my uncle at when I was 10, you know, he was probably 30 because they were all pretty young. My family, they were young when, when I was born. So they were 30 and they, and they decided that, you know what, 
working on machines to make them go fast is a lot more fun than than working on a leaf blower, right? So he he created a business um, that turned into a multi million dollar um, enterprise of engine building for off road machines. I came on board at ten years old, and at by thirteen or fourteen, I convinced them that they should instead of just you know doing th- uh, advertising through the newspaper and doing things like that, they should they should start this thing called a website. And you have to figure this is like nineteen ninety nine, and I'm. 12, 14, whatever. Before the dot com boom, yeah. Yeah. And and I said, there's this thing called, there's these things called web pages, and it's, and it's, you know, you can kind of reach out. So at 14 years old, with the help of my high school or middle school art teacher, I created their first website on uh, Microsoft front page. And we figured out how to do payment processing online. We actually figured out, like, you set up this order online and then you just call us with it. Um, you you faxed it to us. So I, I started really one of the first e-commerce sites in, you know, our entire like county. Right. Um, so that carried me through college. Um, you know, I, I worked with them and I still help them out to this day. Um, they're still in business and, um, you know, it's, it's just been a crazy ride there. So that was my first touch into venture into entrepreneurship. Yeah. And the, here's the thing that, that I took from it is, you know, the, the big, the key, you know, I I break my life down into three key, like segments. It's like pre 20, you know, 20 to 30, and then now 30 up is kind of how I look at it. And that, you know, 20 and prior that that's what, you know, it was, it was this racing company. And I just remember, I guess the key takeaway is I liked the freedom that my aunt and uncle had they built racing four wheelers and dirt bikes. So part of it was they got to travel the country in Canada and Mexico, and they've gone to Germany, Russia, Asia, Australia, um, New Zealand to race. Um, and essentially it's, they're living a, a holiday, right. Um, doing something that they loved where they started a company that was very common, like Yuri, you know, you and I, uh, you know, I, I'm sure if you needed your leaf blower fixed or your your lawnmower, there's there's a person for that near you, right? You go on Google and you find that person. And there's a lot of people that that's what they enjoy. But what was unique is that they said, my aunt and uncle said, here's where I can start. And then, you know, this is great. I have a sustainable business, but then where can I go to kind of make this me, right? They, they make this. So um, that's pre, pre-20s. 20 to 30, I'll cover this, even though this is probably the most, the craziest story. It's, I'm going to have to keep it from my book. Um, I worked for uh, one of the world's largest uh, supplement um, manufacturers, uh, dietary supplement, like, you know, um, bodybuilding supplements. Protein and shakes, creatine, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. We had the number one, um, number one, number three, and number four selling third-party product in GNC and vitamin shop for like two years consecutively. Um, I was essentially in the top 10. I was thinking, I think I was number seven on board, grew it to a $400 million company. And then that company dissolved one year ago, basically now. Um, that was my twenties <laughs> and it was a wild ride. Um, that, that is a whole podcast in and of itself, but I learned a lot. Um, the pros of that were essentially unlimited budget, but it taught me speed, 
it taught me speed. Um, you know, done is better than perfect. Um, that that industry, in particular, has a speed like almost no other. You know, the only thing that rivals it would be something like electronics, right? Um, or you know, just straight uh, ecom stuff. But it's fast and it's super competitive, and it's something that I that's that's all I lived for twenty from twenty to thirty. But Fast forward to 30, I essentially started to, I, the company was going to be closing. I'll say that. <laughs> and okay. I said, okay, I, I don't, you know, I want to do something for myself. What can I do? So I just, going back to the passion that my, my aunt and uncle showed me, you know, I can do a lot of things. I can, you know, mess around on websites. I can do everything I did for the last 15 years, whether it be, you know, running campaigns online, doing, you know, I'm. I'm okay at a lot of things, you know, I'm not excellent at very much. So how can I take all these things that I do and, and, and create a product of my own? Um, That's very interesting. That, so you, you're taking stage one of your life, which is really being caught by the entrepreneurial bug. Stage mm -hmm. two of your life of uh, the theme of done is better than perfect and bringing those forward into stage three, which is 30s of starting your own e-commerce business. Well, now, I now I have, you're I, have get twins. Into, but. I have twins, a house, a okay. truck, a camp, uh, like all these things. And you're, you know, <laughs> I'll say six figures uh, to zero um, starting April 1st. Sorry. Good luck. Right. So I, <laughs> I, I knew that prior, um, you know, I, there was the, the signs were on the table is very, very obvious. We were in, again, I'm not going to get too deep into that, but the signs were on the table. I was going to be losing my, my very comfy, very good position that was a, you know, at 20 years old, it was my dream job. I said, I wanted to market in the dietary supplement space. So I got a marketing degree and I got a nutrition degree. So um, that it's like a perfect Venn diagram. And I was a power lifter and a strong man. So that's, this is perfect. Um, fast forward to 30 year old Casey. Now I'm a dad. I just want to be the most badass dad at soccer practice. I mean, that's my goal, right? So, um, <laughs> driving, but, driving the van around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the van is, the van has a lift kit and black wheels. So, um, it's a yeah, damn I, cool van. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was one of those things I just saw the, the, the whole theme here. And again, it's like, we're already at 10 minutes, but the theme here is freedom and, and, and sovereignty. Um, I, I had worked, I had given everything to the two companies that we've talked about so far. I've given everything. And when I say everything, it's everything. I mean, I, I was trying to figure out how to leave my mom's funeral early so I could get back on the road for the supplement company and keep selling. So, I mean, I have, I have something wrong with me in my head and it's given me a, it's given me this, this unique, um, attack mode when it comes to when there's blood in the water, where there's money to be made. And there's this, this entrepreneurial bug that probably, you know, a good percentage of the people that are going to be listening to this, they, they understand what I'm saying. Um, it's, it's, um, it's an obsession and it's something that, um, you know, the, the reason I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going this direction with my life is I wanted the freedom. I wanted the sovereignty. I wanted the, um, I wanted to kind of be unbridled. I didn't want to play that game for somebody else. I made a lot of money for other people and, uh, now it was my turn. So, um, you know, late twenties, I started to say, what can I do in terms of consumer goods products? I didn't want to just you know, I didn't want to Google hot selling products on Amazon and then, you know, order some stuff off of Alibaba. And I mean, that's that there's nothing against that. There's a lot of people that are in, in amazing at what they do there. 
Um, my goal was much like my aunt and uncle and much like my, you know, the supplement industry. You see, there's a, there's a theme here. It's like, I did what I, I've always done what I wanted to do. I grew up racing motocross. I loved motocross. So I worked in the motocross industry. I started working out and I loved, you know, the, the thought of supplementing your diet with this, that. So I worked in the top industry, you know, I worked for the top company. Now it's like, okay, now where am I? Right. Um, so you know, 30 year old Casey hangs out with his kids and grills, you know, grills steaks on the back patio and, and, and makes his own seasonings and, and mixes his own sauces up. And, oh my God, I'll tell you what, if you take, you know, this amazing sweet barbecue and then you add ghost pepper to it, oh my God, look, it's, it's this is incredible. It's, this is a wild ride. That's what I found myself doing. Um, so that's what I did. And I think that, you know, what I'd like to talk about is how, that has helped me be able to create content and be able to live the life. People believe me because it's real, you know, it's authentic. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, those are my, those are my three. That's how I got here. Now we're up to essentially, you know, we can talk a little bit about how the, how, how the actual company came about, but you know, um, that, that's what led me to this day. I said, I don't want to go back to work for somebody. I don't want to put on a suit and tie. Yes, I'm very valuable to those in the supplement industry because I know what I know. And 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 I I launched the most, you know, I was point of launching the most um the most popular pre-workout or energy supplement of all time. That was my job. And um, what what was your role there? Were you in graphic design? Were you a product manager? No, vice president uh, of marketing. So, um, so you're managing everything, everything. Yeah. I mean, they're essentially right at the end. We did bring a CMO on who we brought from a large, um, retailer. Um, you know, and he, and I learned a ton from him on how to, uh, I guess rope it in a little bit. I mean, a lot of my stuff was just kind of intuition and ideas, um, very underground, you know, the, and and with his help, I was able to say, okay, this is what a formal, you know, master's degree based CMO position. This is this is the way they run that. And there's pros and cons of that too. So he and I became good friends. We worked really well together, but a lot of the stuff we did, we butted heads. You know, we wasted a lot of money on you know Facebook numbers <laughs> that you know a lot of his stuff was based around charts and graphs. Mine, I liked conversions, and I liked that little ching sound that it makes them <laughs> absolutely so, who doesn't um, yeah well who doesn't is the ceo with an ego um you know that stuff will come i was asked i was posed the question one time um which looks better 500,000 followers or 1 million followers and i said in some cases 500,000 and he said leave my office because he's trying this conversation to buy. on episode 1 uh with chris from violate the dress code uh specifically surrounding how the size of a, of, of a certain following doesn't necessarily equate to the success of that business. Yeah, it's really easy. We spent a lot of money in Nigeria. <laughs> Nigeria, Pakistan, all the, yeah, all the countries overseas. It's easy. So, yeah, and it's, so and we, at what and point... What's crazy, you know what's really funny, is we ended up taking yep. over that country and had amazing sales in Nigeria because they're still, I mean, they still buy supplements there. So, you know, we actually ended up forming a major distribution deal in South Africa to supply like Northern Africa with supplements all because I found a population that I could raise. I could spend a lot of money and I was getting like a thousand likes per dollar 
um, <laughs> you know, for Facebook followers. <laughs> and it like it, it had twofold because it actually increased sales there too. It's really funny. It's really funny stuff. Wow. That's that's taking advantage of an opportunity. Yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't intentional. So at what at what point was it that you started Tactic Calories? Was it once you were already let go or left the nutritional supplement company, or did you start it on the side while you were there? On the side, um, and it was something I lived a double life for about five years, and I think that's why I'm so damn exhausted. And I was so exhausted. Um, you know, I would still put in. You know, I'll, I'll you know, forever I will stand by that I put eight hours, 10 hours a day into my, my job. And then, um, around having twins and stuff, you know, uh, I, I, I did my side gig and it, it was a lot of long nights in this exact room I'm sitting in right now. Um, started it, I would say around a year, year and a half prior to losing my job. When I started to kind of feel things were not going to, you know, I wasn't retiring from this company. Um, I, I said, you know, so I, I didn't have, I didn't just sit down one day and say, I want to start a seasoning company. I said, um, I was at a, um, a firearms shoot where it's like, um, you, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen these things they are called three gun shoots. And it's essentially a, a competition where you use three different types of guns. And, um, I was, I was at an event to participate, um, and I was talking to a lot of people in the tactical population, which, so it was like something I did as a, as a hobby. I really enjoyed doing, I liked being around those people. So there's people from, um, different government agencies, there's law enforcement, um, you know, military there. And then there's civilian also, which me, I'm civilian. So I was talking to these guys and a lot of them had a lot of, they had a lot of questions. They found out I had a nutrition degree or I had like a background in it. And, and we just, we talked for an hour because I was making fun of them. These guys are spending, you know, $10,000 on their firearms and they're, they're spending a thousand dollars for this piece that weighs an ounce less than the leather piece for, for, for lightweight and speed. Right. And, but then they weigh 250 pounds of, of, you know, flab and and inefficient, (laughs) you know, I'm like, you guys, if you weren't eating corn dogs for lunch right here off this meal wagon, like I brought my lunch. I mean, I was in really, really good shape back then. I said, you know, why don't you guys, instead of spending $10,000 on your gun to, to, to have it be an ounce lighter, you know, I mean, it's essentially the same thing that happens in the race industry, you know, racing and car racing or, or even, you know, CrossFit or the, the people will pay $500 for shoes that, that are lighter when they could just be more fit. Get a little bit stronger. Get stronger. Exactly. So I ended up putting on a clinic that day of, of talking about, nutrition. They're like, well, what would you eat? I'm like, this is how I would eat. If my life depended on it, if I had to put a vest on that had letters on it and, and I'm, I'm cold kicking indoors at two o'clock in the morning on drug dealers and stuff like, I, no, I wouldn't be ordering, eat, eating corn dogs right now. I would be doing this and this, and I would be doing jujitsu twice a week. And I would be doing, um, you know, I would get up and do a CrossFit workout every Saturday morning called Murph. I would do it every Saturday morning with my team, you know, and it just, I, I, they, I end up getting like eight to 10 business cards and they said, text me, I want you to tell me this plan. So I said, this is a really interesting like market opening. So I started, I'm like, well, how do I come up with the, the original idea for tactic calories was going to be essentially a blog site. I started on WordPress and I just wanted to get on there with essentially a, um, a little bit of like an attitude, kind of like a, 
you know, kind of this made up character of Mr. Tough Guy. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I remember one of the first posts I made was about breakfast and it was like, you know, dr- you know, get up five minutes earlier, make your own breakfast, that whole thing. Um, dr- and I, I just remember it, it was like, you know, drive by McDonald's and you're going to feel a lot better eating this way than if you were to get the egg McFucket on the way to work, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> love that name. So, yeah, I know. And, and I tried to trademark it and it didn't work. Um, but <laughs> McDonald's would have sued you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I started essentially as a blog site to talk to the tactical population about fitness and, and nutrition. And then I started to say, well, now I have, and, and so I said, well, Instagram's fun. I like taking pictures of, so what do I do? Take pictures of food and guns. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a big steak on a grill with, with a firearm sitting beside it. It gets a lot of likes. Right. Um, so I said, this is interesting. There's kind of, this is that blood in the water I talked about earlier. I'm like, I, I see something here where if I post a steak, I get a hundred likes. If I post a picture of a firearm, I get a hundred likes. If I, if I post both, I get 300. And one plus one, you know, I'm like, this, this is interesting. It's, it's like um, exponential growth here. So Casey, this started as, as a content play first as the blog, then as just a passion for taking pictures of the most American thing I can think of. And then this is all prior to you even having any product. Zero product. No idea. I mean, you know, I, so then I said, well, how do I monetize this? I don't want a beard oil company like everybody else. I don't want a coffee company like everybody else. I don't want, um, you know, there's a lot of these kind of e-commerce games that it's super easy. The barrier of entry is very, very simple. Right. Um, I said, what, what do, what's really me? Cause I saw the key here was the content creation was really me. I really had, you know, it's like, I'm not some crazy gun nut, but I, it's fun. I like taking pictures of these. And it's like, it was just something that, that, um, at the time I was really into, um, I said, how do I create a product to kind of monetize like a physical good here? Cause I, you know, I didn't want to do I didn't want to do a digital product. Um, I thought about like a recipe book or, you know, like, like nutrition. And it's like, I, I just don't want to be a nutritionist. What do I want to do again? Going back to my uncle, like, what did he want to do? He wanted to travel the world racing dirt bikes. So that's what he did. Right. For me, what do I want to do? I want to be able to take pictures of my breakfast and make money. Um, so one day I walked into Wegmans. You're familiar with Wegmans, right? No. Are you or no? Wegmans? No, no. I'm up no? in Canada. We don't have Wegmans. Really? So Wegmans is a, oh, I, I guess I thought there, there was. So Wegmans is based out of Rochester and it's one of the premier grocery chains in, in New York. Um, and now they're, they're growing. It's essentially, it's like, uh, it's very similar to like a whole foods, but they also offer like a lower end product too, which is really unique. And I'll, and I'll explain why. So, um, we live in a very similar climate. There's that first day that it's really warm out where you can like go outside and everybody's outside right in the, in the springtime. So that, that day had happened. And uh, my wife was like, oh, we should grill steaks out tonight, which I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about, right, Yuri? Like this is Absolutely. Like, that day you kind of dust the that grill That was like off. three weeks ago up in Toronto. Okay. So you had like that one day. Oh, so, absolutely. I grilled steaks outside. Okay, exactly. So imagine that day. Your wife says, I want steaks tonight. I said, so do I. Okay. So you run to the, the grocery store real quick and uh, you go in the door and you have options. You have, you can buy junky veggies or you can buy good veggies. You can buy... Um, you know, junk meat, or you can go to the butcher and, and have them cut, you know, a steak that you want. You can, there's levels, right? You can buy 
if you drink beer or you drink wine, there's levels. And one thing I always did in college when I was into, you know, bodybuilding and powerlifting is I cooked for my whole house. We lived with, I lived with five meatheads. So I would cook for them if they would buy my food for me. It was a really good deal. And one thing I'd always do is I would take like Montreal steak seasoning and put like habanero powder in it. So now you have like the garlic and the onion and the, the, the salt and the pepper. And then you add like this unique, like, Oh, what's this cayenne pepper? Wow. It tastes really, really good on a steak. So I kind of, I mean, nothing, nothing novel, but I just, that's the direction I went. So when I, when I was creating this meal at Wegmans, I went to the, the seasoning aisle and I'm like, okay, there's levels, right? So here's all the McCormick junk. Like I know what it tastes like. Where's the good stuff? Because there's levels. Every single segment has levels. Like find me. I mean, this is a, this is a commerce, you know, podcast, like find it, find a, think of a category that doesn't have levels, dog food, cat food, water, water, (laughs) soap. Yeah. $4 Avion water. Avion water. Yeah. Like when I'm traveling, I drink smart water and it costs $7 in the airports. Um, there's levels seasonings for some reason. I know the reason now, but there's, there's not levels. There's sauces. There are barbecue sauces. You can buy house brand 99 cent sugar laden bullshit, or you can buy, you know, occasionally now they'll, they'll, they'll carry sauces. Um, seasonings. There's not because McCormick is, is roped in with the, the big evil monarchs, right? So they're making a lot of money on just pallets and, 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 and containers full of, you know, these seasonings and blends that are shipped in and whatever. I'm not going to go down that road, but I, I said, there's a really unique option. I go, what? So now I have to make my own tonight. I have all this. I bought, you know, I'm spending $80 on a meal that I have to make for myself, (laughs) you know, at home. I just spent an hour and, and there's, there's no good seasonings on level with this. I said, ding, ding, ding. That's interesting. What if I did a tactical seasoning company? (laughs) And that's it, man. Because I already had this platform. I had like 3000 Instagram followers. I had how many people coming on, um, to, to the site, uh, you know, day to day, week to week. I said, you know, what if I, now, if I created a product that they could put on crappy food to make it taste better, huh? Got it. So, so you had an epiphany in the middle of a grocery store in aisle a grocery store. at Wagman's. I was literally standing beside this dude. Cause I go, where's your good stuff? He goes, this is the good stuff. And I go, well, there has to be a better way, right? <laughs> there has to be yeah. something better than this. And uh, yeah, so then I, I came home and I said, you know, I made up like my own bag. I went on like Amazon. I, I, then I started sourcing like, you know, going to some bigger spice houses and like, okay, this is, this is better pepper. This is, okay, this is, this is whole Lompong pepper that I can get and I can grind it here. So I did that for about a minute. <laughs> and then I said, okay, this is very labor intensive. This is not what I'm good at. You know, I've been marketing for 15 years and now I'm, you know, I have the respirator on trying to figure out how to grind peppers in my garage. And like, I enjoy it, but I have to say, there's probably people out there that do this really well. I just have to find them. Okay. So, and I'm sure, you know, I hope anybody listening can relate this to their own story. Um, so I luckily was able to find within, 10 miles of me was a, a small shop that did stuff in very small batches and the quality was incredible, unmatched because they would do it. Essentially they would, they would prep this stuff in a lot of times they would do it in like eight to 10 pound batches, which is does not make, you know, it makes like 
20, 30, 40, depending on which, what, what type of product you want, say 40 bottles of, of, of seasoning. Whereas stuff that you, you store bought, I mean, they're ordering contain, you know, containers from China of this stuff pre-mixed. So I found a, 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 um, a manufacturer in the area and I met with him and he was very, very apprehensive. He was very skeptical. Um, I believe I paid extra for the samples <laughs> then I didn't, you know, I, I didn't even, I, I got like retail plus 20%. Um, they had nothing, they wanted nothing to do with me. Um, and now that's not the case. <laughs> that's interesting. So I partnered, I partnered with a local, um, manufacturing facility so that, you know, I don't have to have all the licensing. I don't have to have all the permitting. Um, I'm able to, um, I, I have an office there. I have stake in the company but they are my manufacturer and they manufacture for me. I own a warehouse and I own, um, you know, all the marketing properties, but I, I do not own a grinder. I do not own an auto packer. I, but I have complete control where I've physically, I physically go and help um, because, you know, the, our growth has been unprecedented and, and uh, you know, we're doing our best to, to, to keep, afloat we we hire all local people um so it's like uh i would say off the top of my head 100 percent of the employees walk to work wow. we we are we you know it's in this it's in the downtown city of rochester it takes me 15 minutes to get there and 100 percent of the employees that are working on my products walk to work and so, and did this manufacturing facility this co-packer if you will uh, have the capacity, like as as you're saying, you've had unprecedented growth. Uh, so, are you still running small batches? The only product that they produce that is not their own. So when I, I I get I get weird when we use the phrase co-packer because that's they were not they were a manufacturer for themselves. They manufacture nobody else's stuff. So that I just want to. It's really an interesting. It's an interesting pivot, right? That is. So they. But did they have the capacity to scale up as you scale up, or are you still running in small batches? We're still running in small batches, and it's incredibly challenging. But we, you know, it's like this simple answer, like uh, that you hear from entrepreneurs, like, "Yeah, but you could find a way." And it's like, "But I don't, I don't want to," because listen, I'm starting to hit numbers that are very, very real. I'm starting to really affect people. I'm starting to really have something here. And what brought me here and when I see like as these companies grow, 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 and then fall is they take that step. And I, I take a lot from the craft beer industry. I don't know how big it is where you are, but it's very big in Rochester. It's a very, very, we're actually becoming like a tourist destination for our craft beer. And what you'll find is you'll eventually, it's like this life cycle of these companies these breweries will grow, 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 and then they'll sell to Genesee Brewing. And then you go to have this scotch ale that you've always drank, and it's like, this tastes not good. <laughs> what it loses, happened? It loses its authenticity. Exactly. And I will not do that. I'll, I'll sell. I will sell eventually. But I don't, I, there's no, yes, I'm paying way too much. Every, you know, my, my margins are slim because I am paying somebody I'm paying a human to grind, you know, mix and load, package, label, everything. And it's all done in Western New York. I have two manufacturing facilities that, that I work exclusively with, one for dry, one for wet. 
And, you know, so the sauces come from south of Buffalo. And the same thing with them. It's a small farming community that they happen to have. Um, you, they used to create um, salsas for like farmer's markets. And the challenge in, this, in the wet goods is there's, a, there's several challenges in wet goods, but one of them is the brewing pots are either 50 gallons or 5,000 gallons. You, very few. I couldn't find anybody in between. And, you know, being able to find somebody locally that also is able to help me with some of the recipes and improve upon the recipe ideas that I had, pitch me on some new products that they have because that's what they do. You know, as, as I, as I, as I work through this and as I bring on people to my team, I have to remember who I am and what I do. And I'm a marketer and this is what I do. So when we talk about bringing people on, you know, it's like hire, you know, you don't want to necessarily hire your friends. You want to hire the best person for the job. And that's what I did with my manufacturing. I found the best. And it just so happens that, that, so, so if I had to move for something, if I had to move to wherever Montana (laughs) a day away, I would still use my manufacturers that I have right now because of the, the, the quality, the integrity, the control, the, 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 you know, the cleanliness, how the business day-to-day business operations that they possess mesh really well with mine. And, um, we're true partners in that. And, you know, it's, it's something that, um, I wouldn't look back on, but yeah, that's, that, that is our challenge though. You, You know, you brought it up. It's like, can they scale? And for the last two hours prior to us jumping on this call, I've been figuring out a lot of different things. Yesterday's job was figuring out where to get glass from. Cause you have to realize like right now, I mean, it's a, a lot of companies are, are, are slow and I was unable to find glass to put barbecue sauce in. So it's not my problem. It's not my manufacturer's problem. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's upstream, you know? Um, we're not ordering containers of glass. We're ordering smaller batches of glass, but it's American glass, which is crazy. Um, it's, it's really tough to, to find that balance. Um, because on one end, on one side, when you're running small batches, if you're scaling up, you're constantly on back order. But on, if you're, if you're a small business or a startup or in the growth phase, the fact that you don't have to carry any inventory costs is, is definitely something that you want to have. So how, how did you manage that as, as you're growing and, and do you recommend running with small batches, whether you're in the food industry or in apparel industry or any industry. Yeah, that, that's been a, a great, um, you bring up overhead costs and it's like, I've tried to run as lean as I possibly can, you know, for, for the last 15 years I've worked at home, so I don't need a fancy office. You know, I can work out of here. I don't have to impress anyone. Now we're in the process of moving to our own warehouse. We share space with, with some other entrepreneurial minds that I've learned um, a lot from, I mean, I can't, I'm eternally indebted to my partners in my warehouse, but it's about that time. We're all growing to the, to the pace where it's, it's hilarious that we've made this warehouse work. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, um, it's like a, I forget how many square foot it's, it's, if it's 1500 square feet, I'm, I'm surprised. Um, I don't know how many kilos that is Yuri, but, uh, no, square I, feet is what we use up here also. Okay. And kilo, kilos is equivalent to pounds. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Different, different, uh, different <laughs> metrics. I love it. 
um, the, so, you know, we're running, you know, close to $2 million in sales a year out of 1500 square foot of warehouse. So, um, it's like, it's just this incredible, um, opportunity. I guess it's an, a, a, an incredible pro that I have is that I'm able to work in small batches. I'm able, the projections are challenging, but what I do is I, I base my entire business around incremental kind of, you know, my, my goal is to have this residual sales throughout the year via frequent product releases. You know, a lot of companies will say, I have 25 products and I have to keep an inventory of 25 products. Now, what I do is, yes, I have 25 products, but five of them are seasonal. Five of them go in and out. Five of them, you know, like th- there's this rotating calendar. A calendar becomes really, you know, my best my best friend right now. Um, the other advantage I have is because these, you know, co-packers or my manufacturing partners are small, where I do have some clout and I, you know, we, we're, neither of us really have leverage over one another, if that makes sense. Um it's a fully symbiotic relationship. Exactly. Yeah, we like right now. I'm. This is going to sound potentially egotistical or, or or like you know puffing my chest, but I am me, <laughs> is the reason that that both of my manufacturing partners are still able to be in business right now. Because you're like you're buying power for them. Exactly. Like you, you make up a considerable proportion of of their customer base of their revenue. Exactly. Exactly. And that considerable base keeps growing and growing every single month. Right. So it's, it's, um, you know, hearing that thank you when I hang up the the phone where I'm like, guys, I need 1200 more of this, or I need, uh, you know, a hundred more of this. Thank you. And hangs up the phone. And I just know that it's like, dude, I'm, (laughs) this is like, you know, I don't even want to get into this because again, this is, I, I, with, with, um, the fear of sounding potentially, you know, egotistical or something here, I, I just, you know, coming from where I did, like, I wasn't supposed to do this. (laughs) You know, when I, when I decided to go to college, Yuri, they, they, they had an assembly and an announcement at my high school because I got accepted to a state school. You were really shooting, shooting for the stars, weren't you? Well, listen, man, it's, that's, I came from, you know, I'm supposed to be either a coal miner, a welder or a bartender, period, period. That's it. So, doing what I'm doing right now just doesn't happen. So it's like, it's pretty awesome to know that I'm able to affect, you know, lives. It's like it's, this idea that came out of like, just taking pictures of guns and stakes. Like it's way bigger than that. Now it's just something that that is really, um, you know, a year ago today, man, a year ago today, if you would have talked to me, I would have been figuring out how the fuck I was going to pay my bills. And I mean that like when I, when I, it's not like a, Oh, I wonder where my money, like I had no money. I had had a paycheck. I had had a real, a very good paycheck every Friday for 15 years. And it's April 23rd right now. And this would be essentially the second or third week without a paycheck for the first time in my adult life. So what's changed? Why, why have you gone on such a skyrocketed trajectory? Cause Hey, I mean, it's, it's the fight it's, this is sink or swim. A year ago today, it was sink or swim. It was, I either have to make this work or I have to go get another job. And I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to work for somebody. I want freedom. I want to be able to say, we're going to the Adirondacks this weekend. And we have a camp in the southern tier of New York that 
as soon as they allow us to be there, that's where we're going to spend a lot of our time. I like to take my kids down. We, we hike and we hang out. We do, we fish and we, I grill on my, on my deck thing we have. That, that's what I want to do with my life. I'm young. I'm young to be able to make those type of decisions. Um, I have family members that are retirement age that are not retiring and they've never felt this. And I'm 33 and I feel it and I'm addicted to it. And I want that. I want that freedom. And I want, again, I keep using the phrase sovereignty. It's like, I, I want to be in charge of that. And this is simply a catalyst to get me there. And it's on my terms and all the risk is on me and that's okay. You know, I talked about, we were spending $25,000 a day in Facebook ads at one point with my last company. And the, the difference it, th- this is more serious for me, right? Cause it's my money. This is when, when I, when, when somebody screws me out of a bottle of barbecue sauce, which happens, right? We deal with customer service. You know what I mean? I, I have to send them a new bottle because of this or that. I still think regardless of my, of what I'm making per month, that $5 could have either went to my children or you. And I don't, and I, listen, I have the best customer service in the game. If you come and say, you know, this barbecue sauce looked at me weird. Okay. Here's another bottle. I don't, I no no questions asked. I replace no questions asked. Customer is always first. I have, I put it right on my website. It's called hundred percent tasty as fuck guarantee. It like, if you don't think this is the best thing that you've ever tasted, no questions asked, keep the bottle, throw it in the garbage, whatever you want to do. I'll give you your money back and I'll send you something else. I don't even care. I don't, I have so few of them that I could do that all all, for the next week. And I'd still, you know, I'm not losing money on it, but do you see, do you see the results of that in the customer retention? I'm not sure. I've never had a return. No retention as in, uh, oh, you haven't even had a return. I've never, yeah, that's, so that's the point. I've never had a return in four years with the, with one exception to be completely honest. I had one return. The fella had bought my, um, have you seen the grill basket that I make? It's like a stainless steel basket for grilling veggies. on I have, grill. I have. Yeah. And it has the, uh, the logo. Yeah. Uh, it has like an American flag on the sides. It's a really cool, it's, it's again, it's made in Rochester. I pay $30 for it and I sell it for 45. I do not make money. It costs $12 to ship. <laughs> it's, I don't make money on it. But I'm employing, I just ordered another 300 of them from a local metal shop that may not have work next week. Okay. So that's like, it is what it is. It may not be sustainable. And I know there's people rolling their eyes at me right now, but I'm, I'm doing it. You know, I had a, a, a very, very well-known, um, country music, kind of not country, like folk country artist post a picture of it last week. My Instagram grew by 1200. I had multiple five figure days last week because of that fucking grill basket that I make no money on. I'm, it's a loss leader. They're buying seasonings and spices to go, you know, sauces to go in that basket. But the point I'm making is I had one got one return in four years, you know, 20,000 some orders, you know, again, cause I didn't, I wasn't selling, I've only been selling product for a little over what, two and a half or something. Um, because he had already had one. His, his one son bought him, bought him it for Christmas. And then his other son bought it for him for like, uh, or one bought it for, for him for Father's Day and the other one bought it for Christmas. So now he has two of them. And he goes, I don't really want to give it away, but can I exchange it for like $50 in goods? And I said, yeah. It's the first return I've ever had. So so what's your repeat purchase rate? 
Um, right now it's lower because I've just been blasting, you know, my email or I'm sorry, my Facebook ad budget. Um, yeah, I've really been blasting cold traffic. So now I'm down to about 32 to 35. But um, if you, but out of those, that, that's because you're getting a lot of cold traffic in. So every yeah. day the return yeah. purchase rate only contributes to that, but yeah, uh, it, it what, had do you expect in like that the most 40, of those people? 42%. Yeah. I, I mean, I get, um, if you look at one of the cool things that like, one of the things that I really like to focus on is, um, this is a big, this is a big, I guess a big pro that I like to really focus on is my, is my reviews on the website. It's something that I've always thought were really important to, um, e-commerce, especially when we, you know, we have to stack the chips in our favor. I mean, seasonings and spices is like the literally the oldest commerce, right? <laughs> like frankincense and myrrh, man. <laughs> There's been spice. The spice trade was like numero uno, right? So um, how do I differentiate myself from everybody else? And, you know, like my my barbecue sauce has, I think, um, over 170 five-star reviews on my page. And how, yeah. how are you collecting these? What tools are you using? What's your review app of choice? So uh, this is where I've gotten in some arguments on Facebook groups about this. Something I, I hold real near and dear is when I request something from somebody, I have to compensate them. So here would be the story. Yuri comes on cold because of a Facebook ad or, or word of mouth. He buys a barbecue sauce that he really, really likes. I, he is not entitled to give me a review. And a challenge I see a lot of these e-commerce, you know, uh, companies feel as if I'm entitled to, or, or like, well, if he would like to give me a review, that would be nice. No, I want to stack the chips in my favor. I send them an email seven days after fulfillment, all through Klaviyo. It's all automatic. And I say, hey, and it's plain text. Everything else I do is pretty graphic laden. This is plain text. And I said, hey, Casey here from Tactic Calories. I hope everything's going well. Um, as I always say, if it's amazing, tell everybody. If it sucks, tell everybody, right? Um, here's your chance to tell everybody how you truly feel. All I ask is that you give an honest review. In return, up front, here's 10% off your next order use coupon code, whatever. I would just ask you click this link to, um, leave a review as a verified buyer. And I use, um, um, is it, um, I forget it right now. I'll, I, and I'll, I'll come back to exactly what review, but I really like it. It's something dot me or dot, um, judge no, me, judge dot me. Judge yes. me. And, and it, it's been phenomenal. The auto emails. Um, I, I have a, I have a really good return on those. Um, and that's something I really, I'm really near and dear to is giving them incentive. I've, I've actually had like very heated arguments where um, people ask, you know, online, how, you know, what, how do, how does this look? And I'm like, yeah, but I paid you. Like I bought, I bought sneakers from you. Why do I now need to go? Why would I feel like doing that? Yes, I know. Well, they love it. We have really great products and they love them. I agree. But let's let's stack the chips like it's it's worth ten percent to me to to have that even stacked even further. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Do you request visual reviews as well, or it's just plain text? So I haven't gotten into that yet. Um, I know that that's like this branch that I I want to you know it's a it's like a path I want to go down. But here's the deal: is like I 
what I find just, just as a consumer, I look at some websites and now the text base looks really cool because a lot of people use emojis because they're, they're doing it around their phone. So emojis are cool. The, what I find is when their review is less subtle, the review, how do I say this? When the review portal is less subtle, I tend to like, it tends to almost have a, not a negative, but maybe more of a neutral. You want it to be, you you want it to be as easy as possible for them to fill out. No, I'm actually talking as a consumer, consumer facing. When I go to a website and I see like a lot of, um, you know, a lot of noise, a lot of noise, pictures, like nobody is like, they aren't professional photographers. So it's going to be kind of like a seasoning that's kind of half ripped open and weird. And there's going to be like, you know, a weird, like crappy looking countertop and like their beef spilled over. It's like, it's just not appetite. I want to control that. And I want to kind of control the, 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 um, you know, the feel narrative, the narrative narrative, around it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I spent a lot of money, a lot of time and money on the artwork and the, the vibe of this product is very, you know, I hire a tattoo artist to draw all my labels and it's very expensive, but they're good. So I want to be able to control the photos that come on there. Now I do say like, you know, please, you know, Instagram tags and that stuff. But yeah, I've never, I haven't gotten into that. I just don't, I don't know. I, I think Amazon does a pretty good job. I've, I've used Amazon's, you know, videos and photos for reviews, but I don't think I can recall a time that I um, have used like an e-com, you know, like a Shopify level um, site, you know, that I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't really need to see your sneakers, man. I'm good. I get it. <laughs> and then from, uh, you're saying that you're running a lot of cold traffic through Facebook. Yeah. What is the positioning you take when you run the ads? Is it mostly graphics? Is it lifestyle shots? Are you running uh, videos? Are you personally in it? Uh, or is it mostly product related? That's a good question. So what has been working, um, what had worked up until February for me, um, the only place I was getting anything above a three times return, because that's essentially where I kind of in my own mind, I say, if it's a three times return, I leave it. If it's under three times return, I kill it. If it's or or scale or something, you know, kind of look at it, but 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 you know, take the budget away from it a little bit. If it's above a three times return, I usually will just double it or increase it, whatever, right? So what had been hitting that three, four, five, six, seven times return for me was the only place I was able to find that was Facebook newsfeed, period. And it was always photos. If I did videos. I would get a view, but I wouldn't get a click. I wouldn't get anything. I would retarget those guys and it would be okay. But I just, it was a lot of work. Um, stationary uh, lifestyle photos on Facebook newsfeed was the only thing that would work for me, period. Now, what I found since February, March, and now April, what I've found to be, um, I've had several days in the eight times return um, at like, you know, $100 day ad sets. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm only, you know, it's, I, I hate when people say that and they just get like two really big orders. Um, and that's, it kind of skews that, but you know, um, your, so your up, CPA, your CPAs are also consistently lower. Yeah. Yeah. And the, my biggest thing is I just look at, um, my return on ad spend and the, you know, I just look at that top end, uh, um, um, conversion value. I mean, those two things. I mean, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time. I found what, what was 
causing me a little bit of challenges. I was look, I would look at the like, you know, cost per acquisition number and it would be like $12. And I'm like, dude, I sell a $12 product and a cost per acquisition is 12. It would kind of make, give, put me in like a negative headspace, right? So I just, I don't even look at that anymore. I look at my return on ad spend because I know that it's going to come back to me. Also because I'm retaining these customers. I mean, these are, these customers are buying. The big thing I've seen in the last couple of weeks is people ordering multiple times in a week. I had a guy email me this morning that he's ordered three times in a week. He's like, you got, you can just combine all these. I just bought them all. I, I just, I just been sitting around doing nothing and, and bought th- these three orders. I'm like, okay. Um, so but what, what, so what has driven that change from a three X up to an eight X? What, and that's where I want to get into from February, March, really March was real strong. And now April has been incredibly strong. You know, people have been really pushing Facebook or I'm sorry, Instagram stories to me. And I had tried and I had done this and I'd done that and nothing had really worked. Um, in the last few weeks, I've seen fa- um, Instagram story um, single image with a very, um, I guess, a high value on the aesthetic of the shot. And I'll, I'll show you. I'll share it with you if you'd like. It's essentially my barbecue sauce that has a really cool label on it. Very front center. Um, you know, if, you, if you're looking at your phone, it essentially fills up, you know, four-fifths of the right side. And then down the down the left side is just some text, and what I've noticed is that have you noticed this too that that whole twenty percent thing has kind of went out the window. The twenty percent. No, rule. I, I found that it's still in place, but mostly for feeds. Feeds. Okay. So stories Ex- stories will still get pushed through most Great. of the time. So that that may have a contributing factor. So I've seen, I've had multiple, you know, um, four to eight, four to six, four to eight times return, um, ads, um, and all, all Instagram stories. Now, what I did yesterday is I tried to one up myself and I said, I have this really cool 15 second video of this really high dollar. I mean, it's just really high quality, this like bottle spin with a bottle, you know, um, sauce pour and all that different stuff. And it, it completely shit the bed yesterday. <laughs> I did not, I did really poorly yesterday. I wasted like 600 bucks. Um, so I'm wondering, so today I just, I loaded, you know, I went back to, I killed those ones today and I went back to the images and I'll report to you also like what's working for me so far that static image with the information I need. It basically says best tasting barbecue, 100 plus five-star reviews, try it for yourself, 100% money back guarantee, swipe up. And I'll show you the exact image um, when we get off this call and you can share it with your followers. And, yeah, I'll add it to the show notes. Um, it's It's been the one that has been uh, really carrying me the last couple of weeks. Now, I want to share, um, if you don't mind, I know we're kind of closing in on an hour here. Um, you know, we could cut it into two parts, the Casey Bard story and then now the real, <laughs> the meat. Um, but the one thing that's been working for me that's a really unique targeting um I guess, initiative that I've, that I've thought of. So I said to my wife the other day, so I have, I had the, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the story a little bit. I, I had the opportunity of becoming friends with a really good, um, I guess a high end country music star. We become close with he and his team. And I told my wife, I said, can you imagine if this person could, um, back my barbecue sauce? And she said, that's a really, oh my God, that would be amazing, right? So imagine that for any industry. Imagine if like this, 
for me, a country music guy pushing a barbecue sauce, like that's just a, that's about as big as I can get. Right. So I was talking to my wife and I said, wait a minute, I guess, what would that do? Well, he would show all these people at his show, this barbecue sauce. Well, what if I just did that on Facebook? So here's my thought. I started taking single interest. Now, what I mean by interest is like, you know, you know, I don't create an audience. I just do interest targeting, which never really worked for me in comparison to lookalikes and, you know, other retargeting tactics. But I'll take a single interest and I'll put $100 on it that day. So say we want to take this barbecue sauce and I do an Instagram story and I show it only to fans of, I'm just going to pull somebody like like Garth Brooks, which it's not Garth Brooks, but you know who, you're familiar with Garth Brooks, Yuri? Yeah. Okay. Of course. So I'll say, I'm going to show this barbecue sauce only to fans of Garth Brooks. And then my thought process of that was I think the, that our, you know, Garth Brooks and I have a segment of people that are the same purchaser, like the same consumer. And what it's allowed me to do is not compete in the space where everyone else is, where it's saying I have a barbecue sauce. I want to advertise it to people that like sweet baby rays. Like that's pretty clouded. But if I advertise my barbecue sauce to people that like Metallica for the reason that the image on the front of my bottle is a tattoo, there's that shared, that's the Venn diagram, is that tattoo, that artwork um, shared. Am I making sense or am I? Is yeah, it... that, that's an interesting approach. As long as it resonates with the audience in some way, shape, or form, whether that's from a creative standpoint yes. or from the product itself, then you're, you are segmenting yourself out of all the competition for barbecue sauces and seasonings. That makes because guitar sense string that. manufacturers are, manu- are, are going to advertise towards them. Um, you know, there, all these other you know, if it's used metallic, all the other industries are going to, but yeah. you will be the lone wolf in the country music scene. Maybe that hits them with a product that, that is actually, um, applicable. Right. Um, so that's been working really, really well. And I essentially am coming up with new ideas every day. I, I, last week I, I went towards, um, TV shows and like, I don't even have cable, but I said like, you know, what about this company called, uh, or this, you know, these like hot rod shows, you know, and again, this isn't, this doesn't have to be something I'm interested in, but I'd like to be able to, you know, because I thought to myself, maybe I'll set up a table at a few like car shows around the area, right? That type of guy is that guy that's not afraid to spend $5,000 on a grill. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I do right now events aren't happening. So this is our availability to, visit these events digitally. So I hope that people can understand where I'm coming from and say, if I, instead of setting up a table at a car show, I figure out who the customer would be walking around at that car show. And I did, I advertise to them digitally. Very smart. Very smart. Well, Casey, listen, I, I really appreciate you coming on the second episode of e-commerce made simple today. Uh, thank you for sharing your story with us uh, and compartmentalizing it into Uh, three different stages of your life and explaining how you got to where you were today. Thank you for explaining to us how uh, you take a small batch approach and and the pros behind that and how your business is is more than just making money. It's more than capitalism. It's it's you actually sharing the values of local 
business owners and local people and supporting them through through those means. So uh, thank you for joining the show today. And really appreciate uh, it, man. It was, I will share, give us, give us an update with how your Facebook ads are doing and share that creative. And I'll add it into the show notes for all our listeners today. You got it. All right, Casey. Thanks a lot, man. That wraps up episode two of e-commerce made simple. Each week we find e-commerce entrepreneurs who are willing to share their successes, challenges, and stories. So business owners like you can learn valuable lessons that will make your e-commerce journey as simple as possible. If you like what you heard today and would like to connect with either myself or the guests that we had on today's show, join our exclusive free Facebook community. Head on over to www.facebook.com slash groups slash e-commerce made simple or simply hit the link in the show notes. I'll catch you on the next episode.